Welcome to Wormhole Waffles, a Stargate podcast. Welcome to Wormhole Waffles. I'm your host, Chelsea, and with me is my co-host, Arzu. Hello. So last week we talked about episodes 9 and 10, where we got an update on Sheree and then had to watch some gross bug stuff. <laughs> Today we'll be talking about episodes 11 and 12, the Tokra part 1 and 2. Part 1 premiered on October 2nd, 1998, and Part 2 premiered on October 11th, 1998. Both were written by Jonathan Glasner and directed by Brad Turner. So this is an interesting two-parter that introduces an important ally for seasons to come. Arzu, would you please give us some quick summaries? Yes, I can. So Tokra Part 1 and 2. I'm just going to do the two together. It's one yeah, but, yeah. That I was going to like break it up, but no, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> nah. So the team... Not the team. Sam is having a dream about some people that she may or may not know. She thinks she knows them and they're in this weird, like, futuristic hallway. And she wakes <laughs> up and says that this has something to do with the Tok'ra, which we will remember is what Jolinar, her worm, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> the group of gold rebels that her worm was a part of. So she has a dream about these people and she sees, like, their address on their dial-home device. So they decide to go investigate and they basically discover an entire colony of them. Mm-hmm. And it kind of becomes a question of can they leave? Can they stay? What does this mean? And then they're looking for new hosts, especially for one of their number who is dying. And they kind of learn a little bit more about how the symbiotic relationship between mm-hmm. between the Tokra and their hosts works. Mm-hmm. And I fully, fully called most of the twists. One of them, I think, was wishful thinking. <laughs> okay, let's start with our quote reveal. Last week, I gave you the quote, well, the thing you need the most we can provide, hosts. And your guess was that Daniel is talking about a parasite that SG-1 encounters that needs hosts to survive. But when I asked you to elaborate, you did not mention Gwold, which is like the most important parasite on the show. <laughs> so let me explain why. <laughs> because my guess was that Daniel is going, we can provide hosts. And I was thinking like, I roast him a lot about not caring about his wife, but like realistically losing his wife to one of these parasites made me think there's no way he's volunteering mm. for anybody to take one of these guys on. So it has to be a different parasite. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you got uh, who was speaking correct though. So. Yay. Technically, I'm not wrong. Well, no, yeah, that's right. It's just I didn't specify which parasite it was. Yeah, that's true. Fair enough. (laughs) Where would you like to start? I think it's super weird that they all have really Middle Eastern sounding names and none of them actually look Middle Eastern. I was I saw that in your notes, and I I mean I don't know Middle Eastern names, so that makes me want to like slightly off-brand Middle Eastern names. What like, they, they thought it to? sounded spacey, but, like, it just sounds Arabic. Oh. <laughs> like, well, you know. That's fair. That's I fair. I just thought that was funny. Did you recognize Garshaw? I had to look her up because I, I had somehow convinced myself it was Penelope Wilton, and I don't know why. <laughs> no. Which, if that name doesn't ring a bell for people listening, like, Lady Isabel from Downton Abbey, like, I had convinced myself it was her. Oh. And then I looked her up, and she's in the Christmas Prince movies. Yes, she <laughs> is. And like her for, finest role. 
well, it's her finest role. Some might argue that her finest role is playing Ursa in the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. I saw those once. (laughs) I did not remember that. Well, people still cosplay as that character because of of, like how she portrayed her. So, so okay. (laughs) But yes, also the lady, um, (laughs) Mrs. Averill, takes second place. Yes. But yeah, that's yeah, that's who I immediately thought of because I was like, I've seen her in something recently. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that's what it is. <laughs> I thought her character was pretty interesting. Yeah, I like it's like that level of TV show bad guy where they're not like a hundred percent in the wrong. Mm-hmm. Like they're opposed to our characters, but you can definitely see where she's coming from. Yeah. In terms of like not wanting anybody to get in and not wanting word to get out. Mm-hmm. So I like I got her. I understood her. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anything that she said was outright wrong. It's just that no. it was kind of, you know, op- slightly opposed to what SG-1 was trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, she made a good point of, you know, not sure if they want to be allies with SG-1 because they were so clearly against being hosts at all like showing a disgust for it i'm like i get that if like you're a tokra and somebody is like making disgusted faces at thinking of becoming a tokra themselves yeah i mean that's kind of insulting it's like a i get it it's giving me a like hate the sin love the sinner vibe <laughs> i'm like it's not really like it's not even really a sin yeah but like it was that kind of vibe. i was like well we don't approve of your lifestyle but we would still like to help and it's like no you gotta take it all don't bother yeah yeah so luckily they were able to kind of find a middle ground Um, I mean they don't start regularly supplying hosts to the Tok'ra but they do no I don't think so I think Jacob is pretty much the only one which is weird because it seems like a good idea but then I guess yeah. that would require wide-scale explanation of the Stargate program to people. Right. Also, I don't do think that. the opportunity comes up a lot because there's only a few hundred Tok'ra and mm. they their hosts live a long time. So it may only come up like once every 10 years or something. But even then, yeah, that's true. But e- even then, like, jumping way ahead to one of the things I guessed correctly is that Sam's dad was in a real bad way with his cancer and then they mm-hmm. decided to make him a tokra and give him a symbiote and it mm-hmm. made him better but he had to like go off with them but he's like high ranking in the military like sam is involved so they don't have to brief her on any of it they just have to tell him right whereas like if you were getting somebody else and offering this to them you'd have to explain it to their family right or alternatively so- you would just take them away and then it doesn't make a difference to the family well, I was thinking alternatively, you pick someone who has no family left. Yeah. You know, someone who's dying of cancer and has no family, you know, maybe only has a couple close friends and you just don't tell them where you're going. That's true. That's still freaky, though. Yeah. I mean, it would still, like, be disappearing for like, the friends who know Forever. you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, theoretically, you could come back and visit because it's not like the Gua'uld where they completely take over and, you know, refuse to let you go back home. 
but it's but still like then, like you couldn't live there full time yeah then what's the, what's the point right i mean you could maybe visit once a year or something like that yeah and you could never tell your friends you can never why. tell your friends <laughs> you don't have any of the things that made your own life worth living anymore right and i don't mean like material things i mean like your friends your family your loved ones like yeah you don't have any of that yeah you're just living in some weird underground cave with people who are like cosplaying the Flintstones. Like, <laughs> I was thinking that I really love how just in general with the Tok'ra and the Gold, the men are totally okay with showing their thighs and I'm here for it. I mean, listen, I'm not opposed yeah. to thighs hanging out, but I'm just saying that like at least the Gold, like the Gold, the Jaffa, the way they dress mm-hmm. is intentional I can see where it came from. I can see what they're drawing from. These people have leftover Flintstones costumes. Like, they're supposed <laughs> to be people that are, like, peripherally aware of uh-huh. modernity. And I'm like, I don't know where these asymmetrical, poorly cut fabrics came from. I mean, I think in general, it's just supposed to be reflective of how their home planet is a desert and they need to blend in. Th- that stuff was fine. But I'm thinking of, like, the shimmery fabrics and, like, the headband. Oh, yeah, because some of them are fancy. The council members dress yeah. fancy. Yeah. Yeah, the desert clothes all made sense. Although I did think it was funny when SG1 arrives and they're like, something's going on, and then all of them spring up out of the sand. Mm-hmm. But they were like fully concealed, which is like they're under the sand, just yeah. lying on their backs. Yeah. And then they spring forward, and like <laughs> yeah. nobody is sputtering, nobody's choking on sand. <laughs> Because they're Tok'ra. Because they're Tok'ra, and Tok'ra don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> they're tough. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're right that some of them were wearing, like, really fancy outfits that looked kind of hard to walk in. <laughs> yeah. Like, those dresses didn't look very comfortable. Especially you live on a sand planet. Like, you can't tell me that's not chafing. <laughs> well, I guess because those people don't go outside. So... La di da. <laughs> Did you like the tunnels though? They freaked me out a little. <laughs> um, they looked like a skin disease. Okay. I it, it there's this thing called I can't remember what it's called, like tri- trypophobia or something. It's like the, like people who freak out at like little holes or little dots. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. have that, but I I have that. Doesn't remind me of that. Low grade. Yeah. And I had just seen something prior to watching this episode that freaked me out on that okay. level. So that was still in my head when I watched this. And I'm like, I don't want to look too hard at this tunnel. I love it. I think it's so interesting. Because we're talking earlier in the season about how most of the, uh, of like the places where they shoot is like clearly a set or clearly a forest in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. You know, and so this is something different. This is definitely yes. something original. It's not a random warehouse. You know, it's like yeah. a very specifically engineered set. I um, will say, I liked the kind of chromey color to it, and I liked mm-hmm. the shapes and the the curve and all of that. It's literally just the pattern on the wall that freaks me out. Okay, <laughs> but like the the curvature to it and like the mm-hmm. kind of opalescent lighting, I really liked. Yeah. I'll- the uh, elevator that took them below the sand well that's like very common in all global technology we've seen that before i know but i like it <laughs> okay it's just such a seamless shot when it went into the sand yeah. it was like whoop, 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 whoop. 
Yeah, yeah. I did you like how when the tunnel was collapsing behind them as they were leaving, and those rings like kind of disintegrated midair? I don't know if I remember that. So it was like um, when Sam and her dad and Martouf were leaving, and the tunnel was collapsing in on them, and so they got into the rings, and the rings transported them up. But instead of the rings disappearing back into the ground, they kind of disintegrated. Oh. Yeah. That's nifty. Those poor yeah. rings. <laughs> yeah, they don't exist anymore. I just liked the, um, I think it was the same shot where they like get to SG-1 and the three of them just kind of fling themselves through the Stargate. <laughs> yeah. And then we like transition into Doctor Who for a second and then they land. Into was Doctor that where Who? we transit? The tunnel thing. Like, the tunnel effect of traveling through the Stargate made me think of Doctor Who. Oh. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I haven't idea. seen Doctor Who, so. <laughs> I swear, like, sci-fi has, like, three stock images, and that's one of them. Yeah, probably. Like, I mean, it's like... just traveling through a wormhole, so, I mean, yeah. at some point, it kind of all looks the same. They just pass his phone box on the way out. He's going <laughs> somewhere else. <laughs> Bye, guys. Yeah, I guess just in general, I really like that crystal technology. I think it's really interesting and like watching the tunnels like being created and then being destroyed is just like mesmerizing is that something we're gonna see again um probably i mean we definitely interact with the tokra the tokra quite a lot okay. um over the seasons i don't know how often we necessarily see their tunnels because it's often like, you know, they're coming to Earth to visit or meeting, you know, another planet somewhere for a mission or something like that. Right. So what did you think of Martouf? I called it. I'm like, <laughs> Martouf and Jolinar had something going on. My wishful thinking was that this was going to be a bigger deal and that um, Jack was going to get jealous. I mean, he kind of did. He didn't get jealous enough. It wasn't enough. Like, it wasn't enough to... <laughs> get him to profess his feelings for Sam, which is what I was hoping was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, he was jealous, though, when they were like, we need to have a minute and speak mm-hmm. just the two of us. He, like, obviously yeah. didn't want her to go. But I am a little annoyed that, like, when in doubt, they're like, what if Sam just falls in love with the alien? Because I'm like, they're kind of counselor troying her a little bit. Um, is that Star, is Star Trek? Trek? Thing. Okay. Yeah. It's like, is when that, in like, doubt... Make the woman fall in love with somebody? Yeah, and it's yeah. like... Be- like there's there's a couple women in the team uh-huh. in Star Trek at any given point, but Counselor Troy is the is she's the empath, like a literal yeah. empath. So she's tends to be the more the people person. Right. And interacting with whoever the new person is and like when in doubt, she's mm-hmm. gonna catch feelings. Well, I'm not really concerned about it because it happens to all of the SG one members at some point, at least once. So it's like it happens with Sam a lot. Well, just because it's happened twice. Yeah. But it like, happened. Well, I mean, Daniel, the last time he fell for somebody, he was drugged. Same thing for Jack. Yeah. But, and uh, well, I don't you'll, think you'll see yet. in the in the seasons coming up that there's more instances where it's not just Sam that, like, falls okay. in love with somebody. That's off. That's got me optimistic. But, yeah. What did you think of her, like, chemistry with Martouf? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, like part of it, yes, is my ship goggles, and it's just yeah, like she and Jack <laughs> breathe around each other, and I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. But 
part of it is just it felt so academic when she was mm. talking to him like she is very interested in knowing how Jolinar felt about him and mm-hmm. and kind of how this works yeah but it didn't feel like a like she was attracted to him at all right so then they have that weird hand-holding moment and she's like mesmerized by it i'm like you weren't mesmerized five minutes ago <laughs> yeah i feel like in general with the kind of like romantic entanglements that she has outside of jack is like these men who are projecting some kind of image onto her and falling in love with her like nareem kind of viewed her as an angel because he was like dying and she saved him and then with Martouf, you know, she's a former host to Tokra that he was in love with. So it's like both of these men are kind of like projecting what they want onto her mm-hmm. and falling in love with her because of that. And so then she has to decide for herself, like, does she reciprocate any of those feelings or not? Right. Yeah. Like, that's a good point is that a lot of it is not sam instigating it it's something being projected onto sam yeah and her kind of dealing like dealing with how she wants to react to that yeah and then like it's kind of like lucky i guess that sam just happens to look like jolinar's former host you know yeah and, like and just happens to be a strong independent you know woman just like rosha was kind of thing yeah. So it's like, how much of her does Martuf actually like for her as opposed to like what he wants to be? None. He doesn't know her at all. Yeah. I think it's like entirely Jolinar that Martuf is seeing. Yeah. And it just happens to be encased in Sam. Yeah. So I'll be interested to see what you think like as time goes on. I would love to see an instance of this. It doesn't have to be with Sam necessarily, with anybody where somebody is projecting their love of somebody mm-hmm. else onto them but they just could not be more different <laughs> and watching them try to process this i think would be very fascinating i'm not sure if we ever get something like that but maybe boo <laughs> i do think it's very funny that like daniel keeps walking in on stuff with sam <laughs> well because it can't be jack <laughs> It could be Teal'c, though. Teal'c, I feel like, would just be annoyed and leave, but... (laughs) And I feel like Teal'c would feel bad. He'd be like, I'll come back, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like Teal'c would do that, like, brow-raising thing. Like, okay, this is none of my (laughs) business. And then Jack would fly off the handle and tell Sam how much he Um, (laughs) That's what would happen. And then... (laughs) So that's why it has to be Daniel, because Daniel's just going to be awkward about it. <laughs> Speaking of Daniel, he has bounced back very quickly, considering yeah. what happened. I mean, to be fair, we don't know how much time has passed since him seeing Sharae. And, and plus, we had, like, even after the episode with Sharae, we had the whole bug incident. So, obviously, it's been at least a couple weeks. That feels marginally more pressing than this. Because, mm. like, Teal'c was dying. Nobody's yeah, dying. but they went on a mission in the first place to go. Yeah, you know. that's true. That's true. Just in general, he's bounced back very quickly. Yeah. Well, you know, men. Men. Speaking of men, I get why General Hammond sent everybody to go get them. 
Mm-hmm. I get why he did it the way he did. But also it was so like blatant and ham-fisted in the way he went about it that he's just sending this entire team to just march in. And I'm like, that is the least delicate way. What are you referring to exactly? When he sends SG3 to go get them. Oh, okay. I'm like, well, that's the least delicate way you could have done this. Well, what would have been a better option? I don't know. Send a message first. Well, one person. He... Send one person. Oh, okay. Like, he sent a whole squad, and I'm like, in any scenario, that looks super confrontational. I don't, I don't know. How know. You expect these I mean, to take it well. He doesn't really just send one person to go do something. It's always a team. That's fair. I just thought that was interesting. Because, like, they get, like, she gets mad, and I'm like, I don't know what you expected. I think if this was an established ally, then yeah, he'd be fine with just sending one person. But since this is a people that they've never actually interacted with before, and there's a bit of like an unknown situation going on, then it's then it is wise to send an entire team just in case something is going wrong on the other side. Right. I also sorry. Last thing about Hammond, it's not new. It's been since the beginning. I'm just obsessed with the way he says Gould. <laughs> How does he say it? Like everybody else is gold. Like they put uh-huh. the apostrophe there. He's just like the Gould. Well, that's how Jack says it too. I know, but it's really pronounced with Hammond's accent. I am more fascinated by the way the Tokoro were saying it because they were saying Gould, and I was like, "The what now?" <laughs> well, how how is it actually spelled? Because it's much Gwa-ruled. to my chagrin. The DVDs don't have subtitles, which makes it very hard for me. So it's spelled G O A apostrophe U L D. So it's supposed to be pronounced Gould sometimes say it that way but the Tokra were like we are not Gaould and I'm like okay <laughs> they just decided the O doesn't count I don't know they they don't think the O counts and Jack and Hammond don't think the A count you know yeah <laughs> everybody's there's, leaving letters out there's a lot of things like that in this show though because like you know with it being Jolinar versus Jolinar. And, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of pronunciation stuff like that throughout the show that some people pronounce it one way and some people another. Yeah. Like the the, the Tolans or Tulans or what? It was something like that too with their name. That's a very chaotic emphasis change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not really concerned about it. I just find it interesting when there's like yet another pronunciation of gold that's introduced <laughs> like how many of these can we rack up plot twist they're all different <laughs> like different races all together oh different races okay yeah just th- there's the gold and the gold and the gold and they're all slightly different maybe it's not that they're different races but those are each different branches that came from different queens and the Tokra are just their own thing. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why not? We did get another Wizard of Oz reference in this episode. Yes, we did. And I actually clocked that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jack asked where the yellow brick road was, so. <laughs> we haven't had one for a while. Yeah, let's see. The last one was season one, episode 20, Politics. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been like half a season. So looking at this um, spreadsheet of yours of the other things uh-huh. that come up all the time, we haven't had any of those yet. 
No, I think so. There's um, a specific episode where so the blue jello is a recurring trope, and that comes up, I think, for the first time in season four, if I'm remembering correctly. And we did actually find the first Big Wrench episode, and I forgot to write that one down. You've also not been keeping my tally quote thingy up to date because there's no way. Oh, no. No, I told you. I forgot to, like, uh, like at halfway through season one, I wasn't updating that. So I've been right every single time. <laughs> and there's nothing to prove otherwise. And we still haven't really figured out what to do in terms of the character death tally because we disagree on what counts as a character death yeah <laughs> guess i i will leave it to your discretion because you're the one keeping track i guess ultimately my argument is that okay so this is a show about stargate sg1 the core members are not going to die because they're the core members right so any time that they pseudo die counts towards this death tally which ultimately doesn't have any great meaning in the scheme of things it's just well it's just like a funny way of showing how many times they either almost died like we're on the brink of death or did die and were brought back to life see i think the died and brought back to life is the way to go because they're technically always on the brink of death I, I guess it's like a matter of like how close they came to dying. But how close is too close? Yeah. Because like, you know, the gold were headed for them this time. They could have well, just pew pew and then boom. Well, I guess because there's a, I feel like there's a difference between being in mortal danger and actually being on the brink of death. I feel like they have to actually die and come back to life. I like how I said I'm going to leave it up to you and then I promptly had an opinion. <laughs> Because, I mean, if it's in terms of, like, actually dying and coming back, back to life, then they're going to have maybe one or two character deaths each for the entire run. Okay, well, that's less fun. Well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of also my point, is that like, then, like, what you, you wouldn't really count any of it, then. Okay, yeah, that's less Because, like, in season one, on in the Nox episode, three of them die and are brought back to life by the Nox. Right. But then... Everything else is pretty much like, you know, in Tin Man, we thought that they died and were replaced by robots, but then it turned out they weren't really dead, you know, so that, so that wouldn't count, but then like, then you don't really get to count anything. Okay, fine. (laughs) Fine. My, my thesis on character deaths in Stargate. (laughs) (laughs) I have presented it before the court. <laughs> Approved. Passed. Ten out of ten. Are we gonna wait? Which which grading scale are we using? Are we gonna... <laughs> use the Swiss scale? Yeah. <laughs> so it's five and a half out of six, and I dock the half point because I want to be difficult. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> At least I did more than just pass. Yeah, you more than a four. I'm not like cold-hearted yeah for those who don't know the swiss grading scale i'm assuming uh, like generally european grading scale because i think france is the same france is out of 20 is it mm-hmm. okay maybe it's just the swiss one then it's, it's um the swiss don't do things the way anybody else does yeah on purpose. so it's 
One through six and four is a passing grade. Yeah. Because I don't think zero exists. I don't think that's a thing. Yeah, I think it does. Are you sure? Yeah. Our law prof would have given me a zero if he could have. <laughs> just just because. <laughs> did not the, like me. The law 101 guy? Yeah, he did not like me. He would have given me a zero if he could have. Oh, yeah. He made us both retake the test, didn't he? No, what he did, sorry everyone, you're getting a we're relitigating grad school here. What he did was said that we had to retake the exam, but we didn't have to come to class because it was the same material as last time. So we right. didn't go to class. And he's like, Well, I changed the whole curriculum. Right. Yeah. So we told yeah. on him. He changed the rules at the last minute. And then he's like, I revised the whole yeah. curriculum around the 2016 elections, and you two should have known better. <laughs> So we told on him and we both passed the exam. Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> we we're not letting that go. We sent a sternly worded letter <laughs> to the head of the department. We were so much fun in uh, grad school. I mean, half the time I was convinced that the head of the department didn't like us. But then he like really stood up for us multiple times. I, I think he's one of those people who like didn't like anybody. But like he secretly liked us very much. I think it's one of those things where he's British and he doesn't show affection to anyone or anything, but he did actually like us. I, th I think I think he did <laughs> like us. He let us take his class just for fun. He wouldn't yeah. have said yes if he didn't like us. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Back to Stargate. Back to Stargate. <laughs> Why do you think Sam's dad is a baby? Oh, um, like, why did I write that? Because Sam is trying to get in touch with him. And he's like, no, I don't want to talk to her because oh, she's yeah. not an astronaut. And I'm like, buddy, <laughs> yeah. buddy, that's your daughter. Who yeah. cares if she doesn't want to be an astronaut? Yeah. So. And then Hammond was like, you're a lot like your dad. <laughs> Except Sam's not a baby. Because well, she's just, like just as like stubborn and like trying to put on a good face. If he was stubborn for a good reason, I'd be like, okay, I get it. But he, the, literally, he's on his deathbed. He like a literal bed on which mm -hmm. he's literally dying, and yeah. he doesn't want to talk to his daughter because he's mad she doesn't want to be an astronaut. Yeah, and I'm like some perspective. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like, if it was anything else, if she had lied to him about. Mm about not astronauts about space being real if she, <laughs> wait no about space travel being real space is real um, space real <laughs> i've never been um, i've never seen it so space so i don't know no i'm sorry if she had like lied to him about this and he found it about stargate on his own fine be mad if she had literally dropped out of the Air Force for some reason that made no sense to him. Fine. Be mad. But like being within the Air Force and just not going to this one specific branch of the Air Force does not seem like enough of a reason to not want to speak to your daughter right before you die. Right. Well, NASA's not in the Air Force, but yeah. I don't know anymore. NASA is a civilian operation. No, I, I know but... NASA. Don't you have to like be in the Air Force first? No. Okay, see, I thought you did. No. Okay, then. <laughs> I think it's fairly common for them to, like, pick candidates who have been in the military 
because then they're like trained a certain way already but mm. you absolutely do not have to have been in the military first okay i thought it just kind of fed no. into the astronaut program no i mean they have like partnerships or whatever but but no okay good to know so he's really a big baby then yeah he really is but he like does a 180 though like once he like becomes a tokra he's just like jovial all the time yeah so that's nice i mean he's probably feeling loads better so oh yeah that's gotta help i mean he gets to be like a, a strong soldier again so yeah you know what i do find amusing about this episode in context of having seen future episodes is that i think later on they write in the fact that sam has a brother <laughs> and he obviously doesn't exist at this point yet because it's super weird that <laughs> it's all this deathbed stuff and the sun isn't there the sun probably like also didn't want to be an astronaut <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't have general hammond to go yell at him <laughs> on his i don't think out. he's in the, i don't think he's in the military at all well so. that explains everything <laughs> He just they haven't exist. spoken in years. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he, I guess you could make that argument is that they're estranged because he refused to go into the Air Force like his father wanted or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happened. It's canon. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it has to be in retrospect. but <laughs> One, like, really random thing that I was kind of entertained by was how when SG-1 was, like, kind of being held prisoner, and they were, like, talking about their situation and, like, how they could potentially break out, there were mul multiple Toker guard, like, just standing in the corner. I'm like, you know they can hear you, right? They're, like, literally know. right there. <laughs> Nobody notices the help. <laughs> Apparently. And, like, I'm just, like, imagining those Toker guards just like listening and like looking at each other and being like are they plotting their insurrection right in front of us <laughs> or they don't care they're just like all right another <laughs> day another upheaval <laughs> yeah. it is interesting though that they have apparently been on this planet for a really long time because for it to have been a planet that Jolinar was familiar with, I mean, not only has it been several months since Sam was host to Jolinar, but Jolinar had been in hiding for at least several months. Because, like, uh, we find out that Jolinar was, like, on a mission and then, you know, right. got found out by an Ashrak and had to run and go into hiding and was in hiding on that planet for, like, six months or so, I think is what they kind of figured so it kind of presumably the Toker have been on this particular planet for at least a year, if not longer. Yeah. I also thought it was very, um, I don't know if interesting is the right word, but when they, they're like, well, we saved the galaxy because we blew up that ship. Mm -hmm. And then the Garshaw was like, we had people on that ship. I'm like, okay, like they didn't do it on purpose. Right? <laughs> like... We weren't assassinating your people. Like, there's a line here. Like, yeah. it's, it's battle. They were on that ship. They could have been caught at any point. They mm -hmm. would have died at any point. Like, at least this way, yeah. the rest of you get to live. Yeah. So. Yeah. They they weren't personally assassinated. They just happened to be, yeah, wrong place, wrong time. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, if they have been on this planet 
for a really long time and they have not needed the council chambers that's interesting to me they just never meet about anything yeah i'm like i i do do mission planning is like mission planning not as big of a deal as a council meeting and so you use different chambers for mission planning i don't know garsha makes all the decisions for them i guess use the council chamber for like raids <laughs> it does make me wonder like how much how open their kind of culture is because their bedrooms are like off the main corridor and have no doors <laughs> well yeah well 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 yeah maybe they can like you know when that that guy whose name i forgot fell through that like woo, 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 wall and then he like disintegrated uh-huh maybe they put those up <laughs> they like switch them on no because it's woo, like woo, woo, woo. the formation of the crystals that's not <laughs> you just like making a sound <laughs> not like the same thing like something less lethal like, i mean they they, they could probably on. just like put a literal curtain up but that wouldn't necessarily. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, that's that wouldn't be sound. That's why the that's where the woo 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 comes in. I don't think that that's a thing. <sighs> Maybe we should ask them. Okay. <laughs> Just go Let's to a go fan convention them. and be like, so the Tokra, <laughs> do they have bedroom doors? It will not be the weirdest <laughs> question they get. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> It'll be insightful. I don't know about insightful, but it'll you're offer insight. right that it's not that it's it'll offer insight not. into Tokra lifestyle. <laughs> Therefore, it is insightful. I'm not sure it will produce the in- kind of insightful answer that you're looking for. <laughs> Fine. Okay. <laughs> I do think it's interesting, like the the whole aging process for the Tokra is kind of confusing to me. Mm-hmm. Because, so, in in general, they're saying that the Tok'ra doubles the lifespan of their human host. And then I guess they just kind of, like, would age really slowly. But it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Because Martouf talks about having been in a relationship with Jolinar for a hundred years. And he looks like 30 at most. Yeah. And yet the old lady is about to turn 203 and she's on death's door, clearly. What it could be is that Martouf is not human, just humanoid. And has a longer lifespan anyway. Hmm. I don't get that impression. Neither do I, but I'm just thinking like in order to make that work out. I'm wondering if it it has something to do with at what point in their life they become hosts. Oh, that's possible. Like if Martouf became a host when he was like 18 or something. Does the clock reset to zero in terms of in terms of like lifespan extension? I don't know. I'm just thinking like it would make more sense to me personally to think that Martouf would li- like if he became a host at like age 18 would live a lot longer than Jacob who's becoming a host at the age of like 70. Right. 
Yeah. Another thing we should save and ask at a convention. Yeah. But then if, so Selmac in the old lady host body is 203. Well, I guess my question then is, is it Selmac that's 203 or is it the host that's 203? Oh, that's a good point because then that would also make Martuf's thing make sense. If, if, if the worms have been in a relationship for a hundred years, it doesn't necessarily mean the same bodies. Right. That's a good point. That makes more sense to me. Actually. Yeah. Okay. That's that probably what it is. Then. Yeah. That is like the, the hosts aren't a yeah. hundred years old. I right. mean, the, the worms aren't a hundred years old. They've just been together a hundred years and it doesn't matter when they got injected. Right. Although if it's, Selmac that's about to turn two hundred three, rather than the host, then the to and the and Selmac is one of the oldest among them. Then the Tokra aren't very old as a race, so I don't know if that holds up. Maybe it's both. Maybe I can't remember what the woman's name is. That has no. Sarush. Sarush the the woman. Yeah. So maybe Sarush was going to turn two hundred and three. And her yeah. worm is older. Yeah. Whereas when Martif is talking about being in a relationship with Jolinar for a hundred years, it's the worm talking, not the body. Right. Okay. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, that makes more sense. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm more on board with this aging process now. There we go. We puzzled it out. <laughs> and if we could get that right, I feel like the door thing is also right. Um. Yes. No. Yeah. Afraid so. You want your woo woo door. I do want my woo woo door. <laughs> and I want the aging to make sense. The aging does make sense. We just puzzled it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I um did think it was really funny when you know Jacob and, and Selmac were blended and Jacob got up and he was like kind of bouncing up and down. He's like, no more arthritis. And, like, Martouf is in the background, like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but you're happy, so I'm happy for you. <laughs> like, what's arthritis? <laughs> I, they, they spend most of their time, like, in isolation, right? The Tokra? The Tokra. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, because, like, a lot of the stuff they're asking, they're like, we can heal any ailment, even cancer. What's cancer? And I'm like, well... Well, just because it's a different word than they've heard before. They don't know the terminology. But it just made me wonder where their hosts were coming from. If even the host can't supply them that information. Well, it's just that the host comes from a place where they call it something other than cancer. So they're not human. They're not from Earth. No, not, no it's not that. It's that, you know, just like the... How do I explain this? There are, like, terminology that we would have in modern... English usage that they wouldn't necessarily have because they were taken from Earth hundreds of years ago. Right. So, like, we didn't necessarily call it cancer hundreds of years ago. That's true. I'm about to go down a Wikipedia rabbit hole and see when we started calling it cancer, but... Right. <laughs> Pull up the dictionary. Origins of the word cancer. It did make me wonder about their technology, though with saying that they were going to try to remove Kordesh from that lady host. Mm -hmm. I'm like, so they 
do actually have some type of technology to at least attempt to do that, which we have not heard of yet, besides what we've seen the Asgard be able to do. Right. So that is, like, something to keep in mind. Like, do they have that ability to remove, like, to remove the symbiote? Like, I'm almost surprised, like, Daniel didn't latch on to that. Like, wait a minute. You can remove symbiotes? You know what I'm going to (laughs) say. Daniel doesn't care. (laughs) He's not even thinking about Sheree. He's like, well, she's gone again. That sucks. Anyway, here's a bug. Like, here's a bug. That was the next episode, so. (laughs) Anyway, here's a bug. He doesn't care. Or maybe he's thinking about it and it's just like the situation was unfolding so rapidly that he didn't get a chance to actually say it. He's never going to bring it up again. <laughs> like, Sheree's going to die in his arms and he's going to be like, wait, the Tokra can help. And I'm going to be like, buddy, too little, too late. <laughs> oh, boy. I did think it was a little disrespectful that Garshaw called Teal'c. Jaffa and she's like oh thank you Jaffa and I'm like he has a name (laughs) he's been introduced to you that'd be like oh thank you Tokra would you like me to call you Tokra rather than your name Garsha I feel like she can't see him any other way and I that doesn't make it okay yeah but I feel like there's still such a barrier there Mm -hmm. in terms of how much they trust him Mm -hmm. yeah to think all Jaffa are bad. Yeah. I mean, she's certainly not the first one to think that. Nor will she be the last, I'm guessing. Yeah. I do really like every time we get to see somebody new introduced to the Stargate. Yeah. It's always like kid in a candy shop. Like, <laughs> whoa, that's so cool. Let's go to other planets. <laughs> yeah, that's Great. always fun. Do you have any final thoughts about these episodes? I do not. We got to have like several new women characters in these episodes, which is really nice. Not necessarily anything that was like one on one, but just in general, like having a lot of women delivering important, you know, lines and scenes was nice. Yeah. I mean, Sarush died, but Garsha was cool. Yeah. She was in charge, and nobody questioned that. Yeah. And then there's that other council lady. I don't remember the name of. Oh, the, yeah. Talk of the two. Yeah. So do you think these episodes hold up for a modern audience? Yeah, I'd say so. Cool. Nothing's ever gonna... Nothing's ever gonna top... Oh, God, what is that episode called? Episode three. Oh, Emancipation? Emancipation. Nothing's ever gonna top Emancipation. <laughs> no. I mean, I told you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, I was a little sad we got it out of the way so quickly. <laughs> sad you want there to be another bad episode yes bad episodes are fun <laughs> there's certainly more to talk about when it's a bad episode yeah if it's very unproblematic then there's not really that much to say <laughs> oh i don't know if you've noticed this or not this was the first episode that i noticed that sam was wearing lipstick i can't I say i noticed but i am going to pay attention yeah, that's what I'm like. I don't know if it's just like we haven't really gotten enough close ups to be able to tell, or I haven't been paying attention, or if this is like they 
weirdly decided to put her in lipstick because she's in a vaguely romantic situation. I mean, it could be that, but yeah. I'm going to pay attention now. Okay. I'm going to count on you for that. Okay. <laughs> okay, so next week we're going to take a brief break from SG-1 to revisit four more episodes of Stargate Infinity, and then we'll go back to talking about SG-1 Season 2 with Episodes 13 and 14, which is Spirits and Touchstone, two weeks from today. Ah. Ah. Ah, <laughs> so we're going to be discussing episodes five through eight of infinity next week and they're half hour episodes so they go pretty quick really they're 25 minute episodes technically um and there are ways to watch online so if you need help finding it please message me on twitter or tumblr and i can help you find it so arzu i will give you your quote from the next sg1 episode okay. to guess ready yes Aliens are always poking me full of holes. 100% this is Jack. 100% <laughs> this is Jack because they poked a hole in him a couple weeks ago. I don't know the context. They probably stabbed him. Mm. And it's like not in, in so bad a way that he can't be quippy about it. And he's like, aliens are always poking me full of holes. That's my Richard <laughs> Dean Anderson impression. I hope you enjoyed it. Very good. I loved it. Thank you. It's like he's in the room with us right now. It really is. It really is. <laughs> okay, that's it for today. If you want to talk to us about Stargate, you can find us on our podcast Twitter and Tumblr page at Wormhole Waffles. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Chelsea Fairless. Arzu, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter at Arzu Amin. I am on Instagram, Tumblr, and Hive at Arzu D2. Um, as for the Geeky Waffle, you can find us on Twitter at Geeky underscore Waffle. We are the Geeky Waffle on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Tumblr. And we are at thegeekywaffle.com as well. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you on the other side of the event horizon. <laughs>